What Andre Segovia is to the guitar, what Pablo Casals is to the cello, so Ravi Shankar is to the sitar, the master, the one who you might say revolutionized the instrument as well. Ravi Shankar is in Chicago under the auspices of the Asian Studies of the U of C. And to see him as, and his colleagues, as well as to hear him, is an indelible, uh, memorable experience. And Mr. Shankar, I must tell you something. We're going to have excerpts from a tape during our conversation of a conversation we had, you won't believe this, to this very day, exactly 22 years ago. Can't you believe were in the it, absolutely the station. fantastic. And so we'll hear part <laughs> of that as well as your own thoughts. Yeah. I also like you so much, aside from your gift, it is because you laugh at my jokes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so our guest, Ravi Shankar, as his music and, of course, his reflections. This exciting piece of music by you, Ravi Shankar, and your sitar, among the instruments may seem familiar to some listeners. They're wondering, where have I heard that? If you saw the film Gandhi, it was a music behind Gandhi's travel on that train, right. discovering India. It's called mm -hmm. Discovery of India. That's right. This was when he was told by Gokhale, whom he considered as guru, that you have come from South Africa now first see your own country, the roots. So you have to travel all over. And he travels on a train. This is that sequence. You know, I'm thinking, uh, you and the music will come, of course, to Ravi Shankar and the Raga. Uh, the music you've done for the soundtrack of certain memorable movies, Gandhi for one, and of course the film of the great, uh, your countryman, Satyajit Ray, Patha right. Panchali. How does it work? Because in that film, Patha Panchali, there's a moment I never forgot, and it's your sitar, that when the woman cries out, we don't hear her voice, the death of her child, her beloved little daughter. Mm -hmm. She cries out. We don't hear her voice, but we hear your sitar. Uh, actually, I didn't use the sitar that time. That was an instrument called Tarshanai. It's a bowed instrument. Ah. It's sort of... Uh, brought out the effect uh, of her, you know, tremendous despair and it's like wailing, you know, and it worked out really beautifully. Well, to me, I, n I never forgot it. In fact, I refer to it quite often, whether I write something or say something. <laughs> I refer to that moment, a key moment in films in which the emotion of the viewer is so deepened not by the human voice, but by something else that reflects the human voice. Now, how do you work with, with Attenborough in Gandhi or with uh, Ray in Patha Panchali? Well, usually I see the film a couple of times, the rushes and, you know, and of course one has to know the director's mind also because after all it's their creation. And then I spontaneously get uh, the musical lines. And uh, up till now, it has worked very yeah. well. Because in Gandhi, there are several spots. And later on, the program will hear more of how you watched Gandhi, mm -hmm. uh, the cuts, and you have an idea then. Well, uh, I think uh, that last music, which uh, is against the title music, unfortunately, there's a little gap before that, and many people get up and start going, which is sad, because that's the best 
yeah. part of the whole We're going to come to that. Musically. Yeah, we'll come to that, uh, the yeah. last part of the film. Also, there is an old hymn or anthem or folk tune that... Right. Raga Raja. Raghupati Raga. Raghupati Raga, yeah. And Vaishnava This, These yeah. were the two songs which were a great favorite of Mahatma Gandhi. Oh, they were. Yeah. We'll we come to that. But also, one other film before we hear ourselves 22 years ago, <laughs> to this very day. Uh, Jonathan Miller did Alice in Wonderland, a film for version. For BBC, yeah. For BBC. It never came to the United States, and it got wrapped, except for a few people. And I saw it. He showed it to me in London a number of years ago. And again, something occurred there. The background music was your instrument. Uh-huh. And he said, Ravi Shankar, he had you in mind all the time, caught the feeling of a hot summer Victorian English day. I still am amazed how, you know, it was done because it was something so different, you know, than our yeah. music uh, normally. But somehow uh, I had this great oboe player, Gusen, and just two, three musicians and my sitar, and yeah. things happened so beautifully. But imagine a young Englishman, a brilliant Englishman, Jonathan Miller, oh, who does many things. so brilliant says he didn't choose an English musician, a lute or a guitar or a consort group or a flute. He didn't choose any. He chose you and your sitar. It's something about it that caught that hot summer day in Victorian England. (laughs) So what what did you do? You watched some of the film? Yeah, I watched it a few times and uh, then just, you know, improvised on the spot and did a few pieces, composed a few pieces for this wonderful musician, Leon, what was his name? Goosen. Goosen. Let's come now to the core of your work, your own sitar and the, when I ask you about a raga is, and we'll go into this tape, a conversation of 22 years ago, uh-huh. you're demonstrating. I want to ask you to explain a raga. There's so many variations and forms to it, my head boggles. Would you mind, <laughs> can you? The word raga, uh, means actually color or, you know, but uh, we specifically use the word raga for the melody forms we have. And it's very hard to explain exactly a raga. It's not a scale. And it's not just a key or a melody or a song. But it is something uh, which is very precise. It is based on scale, of course. We have got 72 scales in Indian music. And a raga has to belong uh, to one of the 72 yeah. scales. 72 scales. Let's yeah. just hear part of this. You're, you're playing scales for me. Yeah. You're explaining this. Now, this is the conversation of 22 years ago exactly. this day. This we understand. This, this is the main. Well, this is one of our scales. And on these scales, we have got, I would say, hundreds of ragas. Pentatonic ragas. or even full-scale ragas. But what I'm playing actually are the skeletons of the ragas, or rather known as the ascending and descending movement of the ragas. The moment we start playing a raga, there are a lot of other things like using the 
slides, you know, the slur, what is known as slur, and little quarter tones, which is usually uh, we make the usage not in a static way. For instance, we won't use a note like this. We won't use it like this, but we will use it in a, it's almost like uh, heightening the emotional. So, you see? Just slide it, not use it directly, the quarter tones that is. And that's why we choose a raga. In India actually we play ragas of that particular time. For instance, we don't usually play the evening raga in morning or vice versa. But after choosing the raga, the other thing we have to bear in mind that duration of the performance for instance whether I'm going to perform for one and a half hour or two hour, one raga, or whether I'm going to perform it for three minutes, for instance, in the 78 discs. Uh, so in that conversation of 22 years ago, you were showing how it's the nuances are so many, mm -hmm. the complexities in a raga are so many. That's true, absolutely, and uh, improvisation plays a great part in uh, improvisation uh, that's the most important thing in our music because uh, in the beginning we learn fixed music in the sense that you know all the technique and uh, songs and guts which are compositions for the instrumental music but after many many years and a lot of uh, experience under the guidance of the guru the teacher we start improvising little by little. And it depends upon different artists, you know, some are more creative, some are less. So it's ideal to have, you know, maximum amount of improvisation, so up to the point of 90%. Really? Yes. In, so in other words, there is how, I'll ask you about morning and evening ragas and ragas for certain days and seasons and celebrations or mornings, M-O-U-R-N, mm. all this, but, and, is there a is there a beginning a core melody and then you improvise on that forever and ever i mean yeah after we <coughs> choose that particular raga yeah. we can do any way we want i know whatever we want uh, if we have got lot of time and no yeah. problem of time limit then we do very slow elaboration you know most mostly what we do start very slow and gain yeah. little by little the tempo and towards the end it becomes like a crescendo very fast yeah. but uh, it all depends upon the time factor yeah. for instance in india i perform uh, a raga at least for an hour and a half or two hours one raga. one single raga. one single raga and here you have union regulations and okay. i'm told to <laughs> quit the <laughs> stage at the certain times at midnight so yeah. i am and then I have to uh, have an intermission so people yeah. can go to the bar. And <laughs> you know, this is very interesting. Let's under stay with this us. circumstance, yeah. we have to uh, give a shorter duration, but which is fine. I mean, we can adjust that because mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you have to play two hours a raga always. Of course, you get two hour raga to an American audience accustomed to speed. I know. Yeah. They would be climbing the wall. Oh, they'd be going crazy. <laughs> they were many you, of course, them. you performed at some many festivals here, at the folk festivals at Newport and many places. No, 
Uh, now things are so different. You know, since I met you, so many things happened. Mm -hmm. That was the period when I was performing f good houses, full mm -hmm. houses, but it was mostly a special crowd who came to my audience. And then after that came this period when George Harrison became my student. Oh, of the and Beatles. all the young, young oh, people really? all over the world, they uh, rediscovered me. It's because one of the Beatles was your student, George Harrison, that you discovered by the young, to a great yeah, extent. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I mean. And yeah. so there was this whole explosion for sitar and Indian yeah. music. And I became a superstar and, uh, you know, it was a big thing. But that was very superficial. It was a fad. And it was good in a way because it speeded up, um, you know, my uh, reaching the, young. the young, younger <coughs> generations. But on the other hand, unfortunately, it was all mixed up with drugs and uh, so many negative factors, you know, which The second conversation me. we had, the first we heard part of it, you came to America and to Chicago another time. The second time you were very, uh, you felt very disturbed by this very thing. Some of the kids thought to understand a raga, that is the Western kids, mm -hmm. kids in the United States particularly, thought to understand a raga you got to be stoned. No, exactly. That was very unfortunate. That, but I'm glad to say uh, that all that is now finished because out of maybe millions of kids all around the world, those who have remained are really the best audience that I have today. Yeah. They are much more appreciative, yeah. more respectful, and more understanding. But you can play a raga then perhaps even longer than you did last time you were here. Can you? I certainly yeah, can, yeah. and I would love to, yeah. provided so, union regulations. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the audience would dig it uh, more than they did definitely, the first time. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I want to come back to you. Uh, uh, so Araga can go for two hours, that one song. So oh, that it can go more than two hours. But the most of it is your improvisation. Yeah. Because is. the beginning, the core of it is what, three, four minutes? It's a free format. We choose the raga, as I said. The raga is some, like a personality to us. It has, we adhere by all its rules and regulations, but we forget about that, you know. To us, it is like dealing with a person. Yeah. It's like a very intimate relationship. You and the raga. Yeah. Like the raga. And it all depends how much uh, you are in mood, how much in love you are at that moment. It, there's no end to it, it's infinite. You know, as you talk, uh, Mr. Shankar, this is marvelous, and you speak of the raga as your companion. Right. You know, there was a great folk singer years ago, very eccentric and colorful, named John Jacob Niles. And he'd sing falsetto, old Elizabethan ballads and Anglo-American ballads. He played a dulcimer. Uh -huh. And he'd hold a dulcimer as though it were his sweetheart. Right. And he'd say, you caress this. He was very funny and amusing. He'd say, <laughs> But also you caress the stultima as though it were your lady love, you know. So in a way, I feel the same way with yeah. my sitar, exactly. That's exactly the way Andre Segovia yeah. feels about his guitar. Unless one feels that way, you know, you cannot really yeah. bring out. So that becomes a living being to you. Exactly. Your sitar. It becomes alive. Now the audience, when they hear the raga for a time, it's just a it could be two hours, and that does, they don't, I'm talking about the Indian audience that's been accustomed to it, part mm -hmm. of the culture. 
it is what it, all the they sense all the nuances. Your audience. Yeah, a, a trained uh, audience that in, that is uh, one who understands. They really enjoy all the little details, every little thing that happens. They 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 appreciate, yeah. and their appreciation is so important to the performer that you know it's it's the vibration. Uh, sometime in India, they come out by even little things like saying, "Aha ha ha." Wah, kya kane? Bahut achhe. Little things, you know. During which, the performance, which means like bravo, bravissimo, yeah, ah, yeah. ole. So that's and like immediately it 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 it's so yeah. much more inspiring. Uh-huh. Even if they are quiet, you know, you feel it that there are some persons who are there who are really uh, following you in all the little details. It's that reaction, the voice you hear during the performance. It's like you're lifted by a wave. Yeah. yeah, but you know, if it is uh, uh, in a lighter way, suppose clapping in middle of it, they get so excited sometimes <laughs> or start whistling. That <laughs> is not so uh, yeah. nice because that's more on a you know playful yeah. mood towards but the end. It, but those comments. By the way, so ragas. Now we come to it. We're going to hear part of uh, a morning raga of yours. Now, would you explain that ragas are for different? Yeah, there are hundreds and thousands of ragas. They're all associated with different times, like early morning, late morning, early afternoon, late afternoon, early evening, evening, night, late night, etc. Then some for the seasons, like rainy season or spring ragas. What we do is try to play the ragas in their correct time. And then we have the freedom to improvise any length of time depending the situation, the mood, the appreciative audience and all that. Are there ragas for uh, certain celebrations like there wedding are, or funeral? Yeah, certain ragas which are associated with uh, like wedding or any auspicious moment. S- some very sad ragas, not actually for mourning, but you know, for sad purpose, sad occasions yeah. that is. So that the, the ragas of mood and season. Yeah, moods are very important. Mood. What we call rasa. Rasas rasa? Are, rasas are the emotions or moods. Ah. And all our art form in India is uh, very much associated with these rasas, starting from tranquility ah. to the pathos, then the dignity, then devotion. These are the main. Then, of course, in the art of uh, dancing they, they deal more also or acting or anger brave yeah oh all so that it's that of. too for attitudes <coughs> as well yes moods and human attributes too <coughs> right mr shankar i thought we'd try one the raga ahir bairov this is a morning raga this is a beautiful morning raga now this goes on the recording about 15 20 minutes yeah but you could play for two hours absolutely yeah more than two hours. Uh, just like jazz improvisation is there. Uh, with the difference that yeah. in jazz, you, when you improvise, you go into orbit doing anything, any notes you want. Mm. I mean, there's no... and But you come back to the main theme. Yeah. But with us, we stay within the raga. We don't use any foreign element or any foreign notes which ah. is not in the raga. Wow. So we have to follow a yeah. tremendous disciplined system 
which takes many years to master. And then we can be as free as bird, you know. So it's freedom it, within a discipline. Exactly. Oh, that's incredible. That's, that's the difference. But then that discipline itself is so complex. As you say, you think of 72 scales, you say. Yeah, 72 scales are the skeletons on which all these ragas oh, are wow. based. And, and especially yeah. because the oral tradition. You see, we have no written down ah, music. That's right. uh, that's you are one of the first to notate it. Well, yeah. I have uh, done a lot of uh, uh, things yeah. in But it's an oral tradition. Because, because of compositions of yes. orchestral music and this. But the oral tradition, see, for centuries it has mm. been like that, you know, passing down from guru to his disciple. So one has to memorize, memorize for years, and it's like imbibing, not just learning. It's no. copying and yeah. imbibing the music. I'm going to ask you about that, how the beginnings, the whole life devoted to the understanding of the sita or the raga, whole life. Well, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, my guru used to say it takes yeah. more than one life. More than one <laughs> life. Well, you started, what, you were six, seven? Yeah, b about nine. Nine. But seriously, I took it from age of 15. Age of 15, throughout, of course. The right. Now, we have part of this. You suggest the last part because it builds. Right. This is what you talked about earlier, the building, the slow build, yeah. build, and we come in somewhere here mm -hmm. on the morning raga. We're going to go back to that conversation we had 22 years ago to this very day. This is incredible. And you're talking about your colleagues. We hear them in a minute. Before that, I was wondering about dancing. As we heard that part of the morning raga, I felt as though people might be dancing to it. Is that possible to dance to a raga? It is possible, but actually this, this is not actually no. dance music. But you know, when we sort of uh, do what we call chanda, chanda means different meters, mm -hmm. different, you know, uh, patterns, rhythmic patterns. Some of them are very lilting. They make you feel like dancing. Mm -hmm. You know that I started my life as a dancer. My early age, I was with my brother, the great dancer, Uday Shankar, who was the pioneer, in fact, bringing dance and music of India early 30s, and I came with him as a young child. Did you come with him to the United States? Yes. Because I remember... 1932. Was 32. It was, I know, it was during the Depression. Saul Hurok was uh, our right. impresario. I remember he came to Chicago, maybe in the auditorium, Uday right. Shankar. We stayed in Congress Hotel. There was the auditorium, remember. yeah. <laughs> he, he was the great... He oh, he was the dance, the dance of India to was the like Western a, world. He was a superstar in oh. those days. So you were a dancer. Uh-huh. Mm. And you know, uh, start, um, uh, he died uh, in 1977 at the age of 78. And uh, he was 21 years elder to me. And he was like a father, a guru, a teacher, you know. And uh, in his memory, we are having a special program in New Delhi in month of December. 8th December, which happens to be his birthday, for four days, 8th to 11th. Mm. And this is going to be a memorable occasion. And I'm looking forward to it. We are working very hard on that. You'll be performing there, of course. Yes. Uh, I, I'm doing one or two uh, choreography also. Mm. For you do choreography too? Yes. So the dance is still with you? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing some multimedia 
things also plus orchestral items and there will be of course uh, some of his best students family plus students so it's going to be a big event Ravi Shankar 22 years ago uh, you were here because we heard you playing the scales earlier you were on the floor with your two <laughs> colleagues Mr. Malik playing the drone and the time the late Mr. Dot yeah he died unfortunately Kanaidat. but you have a the greatest living tabla well, player accompanying you now. Now I have, uh, I mean, he can easily be called the greatest tabla player today. Living, his name is Allah Rakha. He is known as Ustad Allah Rakha. Allah. You know, like the Hindus uh, use Pandit mm-hmm. for respect, like Maitre. Uh, but for Muslim musicians, we use the word Ustad. Oh, he's Ustad. Yeah, so Ustad uh, Al-Laraka, he's fantastic. Yeah. And he has been playing with me for last almost 20 years. And the player at the years. drone is uh, still Mr. Malik? No. Mr. Malik, unfortunately, didn't come this uh, time. A student of mine called Rup Verma, he's, he'll be playing this time. How would you describe, because we're about to hear a marvelous moment 22 years ago, really? in which Mr. Malik is playing the drone and uh, Mr. Dot was playing the tabla. Uh-huh. Two two little drums, aren't right. they? Right, two-piece drums. Two-piece drums. Yeah. And the drone is, how would you describe the well, drone? Th- it's just a, a little drone. There are different sizes of tanpura, uh, large, medium, and small. Mine, the one I use is small one. It has five strings. And uh, it is a constant continuous playing continuous of playing. these five strings and it creates that hypnotic drone and the atmosphere and also what is important it registers all the time the tonic what we call sa or the do and unless that is uh, all the time heard the shape or construction of the raga cannot be clear because that's what determines the raga's structure Suppose we hear this because you're involved too. This is this is on audience hears it, but uh, perhaps at the set the scene, you are in a sense directing it, and Mr. Malik, Mr. Dot is looking at you. <laughs> or the, but we hear it now. There's an American phrase to describe all this, Mr. Ravi Shankar and uh-huh. Mr. Dot. Wow. wow. <laughs> no, we say va. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's why you might have heard me saying we. In India, when the music goes on, actually we don't wait till the end to applause. Mm-hmm. We went for, uh, don't wait till the end, I say. Even the audience, when there's something very exciting and interesting, they shout, ah ha wah wah, bahut achha. You know, they cannot... As it's going on, this yes, of yes, course yes. helps build and the enthusiasm of the artist too. Between uh, us, the musicians. And here, I, I wish, uh, this is a matter, not only is, is this uh, audio Exci- o- o- in an audio way exciting to watch <laughs> but visually too exactly as Mr. Dot was watching you mm. and you were watching him and, and, and this and is forth. one more thing see we, we have another sign when we are at times sil- silent but we sort of shake our head from side to side like this you know it has been misunderstood many times by our listeners as if we are disapproving when we do like this it's the see? opposite yes uh, but actually it means appreciation and it's saying it's like saying wah wah very nice wonderful like also that. emotionally moved too i yes. suppose when, it's when an emotional ha- movement when too you, as well when it? it is very deep then you yes. don't sort of speak out yes. you just say like this 
I'm sure this is the way the audience reacts when they hear Mr. Mm -hmm. Dot and you and Mr. Malik play. Then the language of the tabla, the language is, is manifold. There are so many, you say it, it could be the human voice, it's the talking. I don't want to use the phrase talking drums. We associate this with no, no, Africa. No, it's not I actually know. talking, but what I mean to say, each sound can be mm -hmm. pronounced. And that's how we write down also. The, the pieces of drums can be written down the same way it is spoken, like a notation. And talking of notation, I'm I sure you... Yes. I was just about to ask you about the role you've <coughs> played in the notation of Indian music. Isn't see, it true that's been oral to a great extent for yes. centuries and you've played Our a role music, in this? Our music, you see, has been, is basically oral and not visual. That's where it's the main difference from the Western music and our music. And as we hear this, of course, there's a he, we are varying on the theme because earlier during this yeah. conversation, <laughs> the year 1983, right. we are... Uh, talking about what we talked about 22 years ago. Exactly. The oral tradition, the audience reaction. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, I bet jazz drummers like Alaraka's virtuosity, don't they? Well, he he's fantastic because he he's not only a great performer, but uh, he also is a very great creative artist. And uh, he's touch, his sound production is something very unique. It is very much copied by many performers. Mm. I was thinking about American jazzmen, you know. Yeah. I bet they like his. In fact, he made a record uh, with Buddy Rich. With there's Buddy Rich? Oh, yeah. he did? Yeah, yeah, there's a record. He did make a, a record yes. with Buddy So I, I assume that, American mm -hmm. percussion players. Yeah, it was, it's a very good, uh, which I conducted in a way. And is the raga, now this is a question. We think of the millions of people in India and the different uh, regions. Is the raga universally known or is it by a certain segment of the population? Well, that's a good question you have asked because that's something which uh, I like people to know here. Uh, you know what a large country India is. Uh, it's, it's like Europe in the sense that we have different languages, different sort of people, different dress, different food from one uh, state to the other is so different, you know. But musically, uh, there are only two different systems. What is known as the Hindustani system, it is mostly northern India till center, uh, central India. And uh, the Carnatic system is in the southern part of... Carnatic? Carnatic system. So. Sometime uh, around 13th century or so, this gulf started, you know. And before that, it was the same music, actually. Mm. And now, also, it is almost resembling each other, but the way of presentation mm -hmm. and the main difference is that our music is based on vocal music, singing. Mm -hmm. And in South, all the language they use for singing is different. It is the original languages of Telugu, Tamil, or, or Canaries. Mm -hmm. But in North, all the song uh, lyrics are in, uh. in Hindi. So that also makes it a yeah. great difference. You are North. I, I belong to You're the Bombay. Northern. No, actually, I belong to Benares. Benares. Yes. I'm a Bengali, but uh, yeah. born and brought up in Bengali, Benares. Bengali, of course, Sachashit Ray. Right, Bengali. right. 
That's and my so, mother tongue, and so the so musically, there's still not that much of a difference, but there's a whole difference in cultural patterns. Right. You know, but still, I would say uh, Hindustani music has much more universal uh, appeal in the sense it is more widely uh, heard geographically, mm. not only in India, also in Pakistan, same music also in Nepal, also mm. in Bangladesh, to some extent in Sri Lanka and Afghanistan also. Are there many, you think of your, your, your uh, protege, uh, the Beatle, uh, George Harrison, do you have many, are there many young sitar players today uh, following through in your tradition? You mean uh, outside India? Well, well outside well, India, I don't have many really. No. What about but in India, I have many, yeah. and uh, not only uh, young ones, but some of them are quite elderly and well-known, they're performing, yeah. but I'm working on many of the, the new reason upcoming. I ask that, before we hear the last part of Gandhi, the film, the soundtrack, and, for, and uh, what is in that piece that you put together, the reason I ask that question about yourself and protégés and students, with more and more technology in the world, the high technology, the different machines, and becoming known to the rest of the world all over, is something happening to that original, to that indigenous culture. That's why, that's why I ask, there's no danger of the sitar interpreting the raga dying out, is there? Uh, I'm uh, <coughs> very optimistic and I don't see uh, such thing happening because we already have number of younger generation mm -hmm. uh, musicians who are in good shape and you know uh, our music is such that it is through years and ex mm -hmm. experience we go on maturing so I, I you know I know the question I'm going to ask you said uh, younger you beginnings you were nine years old and then seriously about 15 when you started the uh, studies, serious studies with, with the sitar. Right. And as I was talking, I wish the audience could see this, you were shaking your head. So I thought you were disagreeing, but you were agreeing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can you, you had a great guru, I take it. Oh, the greatest that I can think of because he was uh, a Muslim uh, in religion, but he was so broad-minded, he he was respected and loved by all the Hindu population equally, you know. And uh, he followed the whole way of life and principles of the old sages, Hindu sages, you know. Mm -hmm. Because he was against uh, drinking and all sort of, you know, he believed in celibacy, especially in the period of learning. Uh, Was those that years. part of the, this? Your very important period exactly. celibacy absolutely it's just like uh, you have to become a recluse or a hermit mm -hmm. at that period for years and years channelizing all your energy to nothing but music for you to master the sitar it was a cutting off then you say there was celibacy there was also i suppose hours was it much of the day oh absolutely 14 to 16 hours a day nothing but music excepting little time for sleep or eating or... 14 like. to 16 hours a day? Absolutely. Now, for how many years? How long? Well, I went through for seven years uh, continuously with him. Then, 
for next 15 years I used to go back to him f for a month, two months, three months, like that. Because the sitar, we come to so many things, the instrument itself, how many strings to a sitar? It has got 19 total strings, but actually for playing there are six strings, out of which four are for melody and two are for rhythm and drone. And the rest are sympathetic resonating strings. And sympathetic. And then we have the repertoire itself, which is incredibly complex. Oh, yeah. It is endless, absolutely. <laughs> There's never an end to learning, then? No. It's not, a no, not only never and learning if my guru was alive because he was growing also so he could have gone on directing me so and the same way it happens with us also we go on growing and maturing and more we do more we find new things i discover uh, new things almost by yeah. in every concert something even now yeah. even now all your life almost all your certainly all your adult life you've been a master of the sitar, but you never stop learning. Not really, master. I still don't consider myself You're as a master. Ma I, okay, well, you as I said well, to us, you are. <laughs> to me, you are. But I was thinking, but it's never a stopping of learning. Right, exactly. I mean, it's in indirectly, it's, it's like a seed that has been, um, you know, inside and goes on growing. It's never the same way. It's never the same, yeah. exactly. And uh, depending on the f uh, format, we might have an intermission. I might play two ragas or three ragas. So you decide that, and even as you play it, then it will never be whatever it was before. No, not only that, we don't know what will happen next uh, few seconds after. You know, it's not. Yeah. There's a format, of course. There's a planning yeah. of uh, that format, but what happens? Is something spontaneous. Yeah. There's a spontaneity within a discipline. Right, yeah. exactly. That's what it is. Well, that I suppose that's the essence of the greatest of arts, spontaneity within a discipline. Mm -hmm. I believe that, too. And so this is by way of thanking you. And we're going to hear, suppose you describe this, the last part of the film Gandhi, called For All Mankind, that has two familiar pieces in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it is <coughs> built uh, on these two songs, which were his most favorite songs. One Gandhi's. is Vaishnava Janato, the other is Raghupati Raghava Raja Ram. And I sort of did the whole thing with voice and instrumental things. And it, it really brings out that what he stood for, the feeling of peace and love. Uh, within the humanity, and uh, that's what what tries to say. So we'll hear this now, and Ravi Shankar, thank you very thank much. Thank you so what much. Is the Hindu, Hindu it's a great pleasure to be back after so many years. Oh, it was. I mean, what is the Hindi phrase for uh, thank you and peace? Well, we say dhanyavad. 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 Thank Ravi you. Shankar.